Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. It is all things hockey talk and all things centric around the game. And it's also New Jersey Devils talk as well. And please enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. It is Heads Up Hockey once again. So let's talk some points and get some direct points at it as well. Now, I like to talk stats. I like to talk a little bit of everything. So with everything going on in the NHL, the Devils have their nine-game win streak going in tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. And it'll be their first time to go up against Uri Slavkovsky, the Slovak big man. It's definitely going to be something interesting because the Devils have already faced you know, Connor McDavid, they've already faced Leon Dreisaitl. They've already faced some other prominent names on this current win streak. And with that being said, I was on the Locked On Devils podcast last night. And Brat Pack had a wonderful time too. And, you know, I do want to talk why I'm making a bit of a bold statement. You know, if you look at players that played on the Devils over the years, whether you're talking about Patrick Aliash, Taylor Hall, Ilya Valerievich Kovalchuk, well, if you average the amount of seasons they played, you make that into 17. So... I did some number crunching, and I know this is very nerdy, but if you take a look at Jesper Bratt with 222 points and 322 games played already, that's a 0.69 uh, points per game average. And if you take that times Mr. Eliash, that's 1,240. Now... Let me try and be clear. If, let's say, you take Jesper Bratt, he likely ends up maybe surpassing that within 1,240 games played versus Taylor Hall, which he has 667 uh career points currently so with that being said Hall did have a a big banner year with the New Jersey Devils with 93 points in 76 games that was a 1.22 points per game played if Jesper Bratt keeps going at his current pace this season that is a 1.27 points per game pace in 82 games, converting to 104 points. With that being said, you look at Ilya Kovalchuk. He did a 98 and 78, which is 1.26 points per games played in the 2005-2006 Season with the Atlanta Thrashers. Now, if you look at 
that at a different level, that was a different era when the game was a little bit looser and a little bit more stingier. Now, with that being said, goalies have gotten a lot harder to play against. Now, if you look at Ilya Kovalchuk's uh, best year in New Jersey, he had 87... What was it? No. He had 83 points in 77 games played. That was 1.08. So that versus Brad's current pace is below that, actually, by 0.19 points per game. So with that being said, that would be something that Jasper Brat could possibly break. In a span of, what, 17 seasons? And I would say this. Jesper Bratt is the best player in the NHL for very freaking good reason. And ever since the doubles traded away Taylor Hall and they gotten what would be the Dawson-Mercer pick, they end up using... A little bit extra in the draft. You know, they help get Holtz with the their original pick. So basically, they got uh, Kevin Ball in that trade. So really, um, when the Dells moved on from Taylor Hall, it basically rejuvenated uh, Jesper Bratt's career more. He was able to be more relied upon and being more reliable. So with that being said, you know, the Devils have a bunch of guys that I recently did a pace uh, measurement a little bit here and there. And if you look at the Devils defense, let's talk defense for a little bit. Uh, If you see Damon Severson, he has 233 points. Uh, with Devils' uh, defense scoring history. If he gets 14 more points this season, he will surpass Andy Green for for fifth all-time and just below uh, Brian Rafalski being one of the Devils' greats. And that's certainly a big achievement. Now, if you go on NHL.com, this is where I get my stats from. So I'm going as far back as the 60s. I know the Kansas City Scouts came in the 70s, but I'd just like to go as far back as I can to see if there's any other history. Now, I like to do the centers next. So Patrick Eliash leads the centers with 1,025 points. He also played left wing. So... With that being said, Eliash got a yield of 1,025 points. Now, if you look at one, two, three, here we go. Nico Heischer is at 223. Realistically, tonight, if Nico Heischer scores, he surpasses both Mel Brigman and Dynas Zuras for 12th and 13th all-time, just below Mark Johnson. So with that being said, if Jesper Bratt 
goes from 223 to 247 during the season, he would be taking over Patrick Sundstrom uh, at ninth overall in all-time centers. And if he also paces to 258, he surpasses Adam Henrique. Or even better, if he gets 300, he surpasses John Madden and surpasses Kyle Palmieri's 267. Now, Jack Hughes is four points away from tying Alexander Simak's uh, record for 22nd in franchise history. However, with a seven-point game span, he will replace Ron DeLorme. So that would be something historical. Also, if he gets past at 141, he replaces Dave Hudson. And if he goes up to 155, he replaces Don Lever. So that is going to be something interesting to look at. And I know it's a dream, but it's something that I can't stop thinking about how good Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes are as the two active uh, centers. And it's something that fans can actually, you know, say eyewitness history. So it's something to, you know, buy a ticket for and get ready to see what happens. And John McClain for right wingers on the New Jersey Devils, has 701 points all time. Now, with that being said, Brian Ralston has 281 and is 10th all time in Devils history. Claude Lemieux with 297, 8th all time on the Devils. Now, for context, you're looking at Someone who may not go that far, but Nathan Bastion is five points away from breaking Lee Stetniak's record and maybe surpassing Stefan Nason at 43 and Grant Marshall at 44. So that's doable, but I don't think he's going to break a lot of records, though. However, there's a lot of other things he can achieve. And if you look at some other guys that play the left wing, we can do this. So this is all on NHL.com. Kirk Muller leads New Jersey Devils, Kansas City Scouts, etc. with 520 points for all-time franchise scoring. So Zach Parise, when he left, he was second all-time on the New Jersey Devils with 410. Sergey Breland, Sarge is on the bench, and he's got 308 points, third all-time. Jasper Bratt, the best player in the freaking NHL, has 223. He will easily, easily destroy Brennan Shanahan's record for fourth overall. He'll destroy Jay Pandolfo first with one more point. And with that being said, 
if you look at Jesper Bratt within those 1,240 games, he has the potential to go, let's see, one. so let's see, let me do some quick math. So the math would be 0.69 times 1,240 would be 856. But if he does a 1.27, which would be pretty wild, times 1,240 of Patrick Eliash's, so one point so one point two seven times one thousand two hundred and forty would be one thousand five hundred and seventy-four. Round that up, one thousand five hundred and seventy-five. He would be the best forward the devil the devils would ever have. If that were the case. I'm not trying to be psycho, but, you know, when you see these numbers, this makes me go Steve Kornacki all day long. And I can do numbers and stats. And I will say this, the Devils have been streaking so much that even if they hit a few bumps in the road, and it's not even American Thanksgiving just yet, just yet. American Thanksgiving falls on, oh yeah, the 24th. It's in nine days, people. And the Devils have a very good track record right now. So their odds of being in the top eight in the East is very solid. Like even my buddy, the Brat Pack, said, even if they go play 500 the rest of the way this month, the Devils still have a nice cushion and they're still in the top eight. And I said to him, it's definitely doable. Now, I know I get Ranger fans saying, oh, enjoy first place while I have it. I said, well, we'll be enjoying being the top eight for the rest of the season because we got a lot of depth. We got a lot of scoring. We do have Akir Schmid now helping us out, and Vitek Vanacek is back. So unless something drastic happens, I don't see a whole lot of change. Um, with that being said, I have full faith in the Devils doing what they do. And Tom Fitzgerald said, we don't need any dickheads. We just need good men that can certainly do their jobs and with that being said that was said on the devil's daily by devil's insiders and that was a very informing podcast i listened to and the way the devils are going about their business they don't give a flying you know what about what other teams think about them they're just going about their own business they're they're too busy. What they they're too busy focusing on growing guys like Namech, letting Luke Hughes develop in Michigan, 
And, you know, with a team like Vancouver freaking out and maybe Colorado needing help, the Devils might get some calls from other GMs. And I don't think the Devils will make a trade for the sake of making a trade. But if it's beneficial, because the Devils have a lot of other D-men that they're going to eventually bring over, whether it's from Russia or the NCAA or even the junior circuit, the Devils could parlay or even benefit other teams and themselves in making some moves. Like, the Blues did beat the Colorado Avalanche, but the Avalanche have been decimated with injuries. Holy shnikes. It's just something I think that the Devils are more insulated this time around. And I will say this, uh, InsideThePuck.ca no longer exists. They shut down. I'm no longer writing. This is why I'm podcasting more. And I will say this to the, the top 16 teams in the draft lottery this year. For those of you teams that are outside of the NHL playoff picture, this is a wonderful draft class. Leo Carlson looks like the next upcoming Jesper Bratt. He's going to be phenomenal coming out of Sweden. You have Fantilli coming out of Michigan, who is a strong power forward, who has really good finesse, really good strong puck skills. He's going to do wonderful things. Also, I can't get enough talk about Connor Bedard. He's got really good hands, smooth, silky. It's accurate, baby. It's just let it rip. He knows where to go. He knows what to do. I can't see him pulling a Shane Wright. And speaking of which, I find Bedard to have better maturity. I like to use the term maturity more days because some people act immature or some people aren't mentally designed to handle pressure. And I really feel that the Seattle Kraken should either play Shane Wright or let him go back to the OHL and let him get some confidence. And I think it's going to be a wise move when he does get his mojo going and certainly going to be beneficial for his development. Maddie Beneers is going to be a great player for many years. Ryan Donato's a great player. I mean, yeah, there is a little bit of a problem here and there. But Seattle has to realize that they have to let some of their best prospects develop a little longer. Because you just don't want to create, you know, chaos in the clubhouse. And you want a culture to go about its own. Maybe. Um, yeah, I did get a tweet from someone on Twitter. Sean Marrafini at NJ underscore Gooner 32. He says, replying to me, Jersey Joe 11 underscore NJ, 
Eliash has been single season points total with 96, I think. I hope we see those two put up 100 plus at some point. And I'm going to say, yes, it's going to be broken. It's only a matter of time. But anywho, I know that there's a lot going on with the Vancouver Canucks. And I am not a fan of their asset management. You know, they need to get as many early picks as possible. They need to start not touching prospects that they've drafted and parlaying them and not get anything good back in return. I would have to disagree with Alvin about making a guy like the recent draftee and Jonathan Lekarimaki being available to help get rid of JT Miller's contract. What they should do is they should eat up half his contract and move on from Oliver Ekman Larson. And they really should... Find a sweetener, maybe a three-way deal that could really suit up the needs of the Vancouver Canucks. Now, with that being said, I think maybe the Canucks can get a few good pieces back and another team can get some other pieces back. Maybe the Devils can do something and leverage. I don't think Fitzgerald would jump in on it, but any other GM would like to take a gamble. But the last time that there was a three-way trade, I remember being the Kyle, the Kyle Turris move. So that was a bit of a, a head-scratcher for some people that I remember to date. If anyone else remembers, you can reach me at Heads Up Hockey. I'm on Anchor.fm or any of your other podcatchers. You can Google the podcast. And I am Jersey Joe. So for those of you who want to talk to me about different hockey subjects and make the show more entertaining and fun, I am all eyes and ears. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You can find me just about anywhere. I am a big Devils fan, but I also love the game of hockey. So... With that being said, I do have a upcoming episode with uh, my buddy Trey Matthews later in the weekend. And it's going to be something that I would absolutely enjoy because Trey Matthews is a good buddy of mine. Also, any of you who listen to uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network and you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, talk to Kyle Sullivan and Chris Massilli. They're very good buddies of mine. And here in Puckburg is also a good thing that uh, that Kyle Sullivan, actually also known as Shaggy Von Doom. So 
go support them as well. If you want to support me and the podcast, uh, my sponsor is Vigit, V-I-G-I-T. Use promo code H-U-H-2021. And, oh, here's my boy, Brad Pack 63 He goes, every good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And Amanda Sign goes, VTech Vanacek handling a full load at New Jersey Devils practice today. Great sign. Because everyone appears to be quite immature. I'll rewrite that tweet. Vitek Vanacek taking the bulk of the reps at New Jersey Devils practice today, which is a great sign. Oh, yeah. That's one of the funny things about the English language people. People can misinterpret whatever you use as a phrase. But um, right now, the, the Devils are a wagon. But I usually say they're running like a freight train. And they're going fast and they're going hard. They're doing rather solid. And even if they lose in the next few games or whatever, I'm not going to cry. You know, it's really hard to win 70-plus games in a row. It's hard to win three or four. But when you get nine straight, you're streaking like Frank the Tank in old school. Come on, guys. We're going to the quad, to the gymnasium. We're going streaking. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye.